While there are most things about COVID that we don't know anything about, we do know a few things that are starting to change behaviorally, which is going to have a significant impact on real estate investing. Here are my four ideas of what I think is changing and what we can do about it. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Please remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor or investment specialist before you make any changes to your investment policy or stocks or bonds or real estate you may own. I am not an investment advisor. I am simply talking about what I'm doing in our investments for your entertainment purposes. This is Sunday, May 10th, 2020. Pretty exciting times. And while people start to open up today in Ontario more and more, uh, actually tomorrow there'll be uh, more opening of businesses, but we're always warned that should there be a spike, we'll go back to self-isolation. Now, rather than get into the politics, let's just talk about what's happening business-wise and how this may affect investments and what I'm thinking. I believe that, you know, the behavioral change that's happening in people a few of them will not uh, revert back regardless of what happens, how long we're into this situation or if there's a vaccine or whatever. And let me, let me explain the four that I've got and then how, what are the impacts to investing. The first is the value of space. If you think about it for a moment, say in Toronto you have a 500-square-foot condominium that you purchased for $500,000. Does that make sense today? You're on the 10th floor. You have to take an elevator. You're, you're huddled in a building with hundreds of other people. When you leave, you, you, you are immediately put in with 100 other people. And you may have a very tiny balcony overlooking a city, but it doesn't give you enough opportunity to do much else. You're starting to see the value of space. And space to me can be not just the size of where you live, but also the size of the grounds of the building that you may be on, whether it be suburbia or some other concept. So... I believe that one of the behavioral trends we're going to see as a result of COVID is a return to hobby farms, small one-acre plots, uh, and, and I'll, I'll go on to talk about what that means But with self-sufficiency, but not just for that reason, but for the space. So space will become a premium. And, you know, the 400-square-foot condo has no value in my opinion. The second uh, factor is self-sufficiency. We're seeing more and more of this, particularly in those first months, uh, the first month or two, where you had to rely on yourself because you couldn't go to stores, you couldn't get a lot of things. So we're going to see a return. Now, <clears throat> interestingly enough, as I <clears throat> work on the wildflowerbeefarm.com, which is a project I'm involved with, and I contact those that sell seeds, wildflower seeds, uh, native uh, tall prairie grass seeds, even clover seeds, I'm finding that they are inundated. One company I talked to have uh, sales upwards of 500% compared to last year. The self-sufficiency 
taking care of yourself with regard to plant seeds, growing gardens. I call that really the chicken garden reaction. And I and I don't want to have chickens. You know, when I was growing up, uh, probably the worst job we had was cleaning out the chicken coop. Chickens have very potent uh, byproducts that are not a lot of fun to clean up when you're when you're a kid, or probably now too by hand with a fork. But that's another story. Uh, people are looking at chickens to have their own eggs. Uh, you're going to see an incredible. You know, I think about Italy when I was in Italy many years ago with Mary. We went, we took a sort of a carriage ride up a, up. A, up a hill, and we could see the backyards of everyone, and everyone seemed to have a self-sufficient garden. They all had chicken coops and a few trees, fruit trees. There were gardens that looked incredible. There was a a big barrel where they were able to collect rainwater and water their gardens. Very self-sufficient in nature. So you're going to see a continual explosion in seed companies, home, do-it-yourself kind of ideas, how to raise food, uh, perhaps uh, if we can figure out social distancing, there'll be a way to buy by canning vegetables in bulk. So you may order three bushels of tomatoes and can them all for the winter if you can't grow them yourself. So self-sufficiency is my number two behavioral change that I don't think will change um, over time. And if you, if you talk to your grandparents or parents who lived through difficult times, that was a way of life. And they might be able to give some hints or hopefully there'll be some more cooking shows or books written by folks who, who've been through this before. The third key that has implications is what I call the $30,000 a year lifestyle. One byproduct of what hopefully what some people have noticed is they haven't had to spend a lot of money. And there is no direct relationship between spending and happiness other than, you know, a relationship between being isolated and happiness. But as far as the spending component, I believe you're going to see a reduction in consumer spending, which is scary to a lot of businesses in our economy, but, but says something about what's going to be happening with individuals. So the $30,000 a year lifestyle, I've talked about this a great deal. I think this is going to be uh, what we're going to be living with. The question is, um, what are the byproduct kind of industries that will benefit from that? And the fourth is establishment of priorities by people. Um, you're going to see a segment of our population just jump right back to the way it was, but there will be a small segment who will have priorities altered forever. And this would include um, issues of how we take care of seniors, those in their later years because of what's happened with covid uh, how we purchase, how we go out and eat. So the priorities, well, do I want to go to a restaurant or do I want to stay home and cook a meal or do I want to do a takeout to support my local restaurant? The, the priorities of what matters, because before nothing mattered more than going out on a Friday, depending on your age, your age range, or perhaps going out after work. So the priorities are definitely going to change. What does this mean as far as real estate, which is something I wanted to talk about today? Well, I talked initially about space, and I believe the condo market, and I, I, I had one condo once as a vacation property, and, and we sold that for a number of reasons, primarily because we didn't use it very much, and the costs kept escalating. You have no control over management costs. You have a group of people on your condo board who have nothing else to do, so they, they look at ways to perhaps have a policy or procedure that you end up paying for. Uh, and those fees can go up monthly regardless. So it seems great initially that you're going to have, you know, worry-free living. You don't have to cut the grass, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, you pay a price. Plus, condos are somewhat like apartments in that you're self-contained together. 
with other people. And this, this idea of space is going to be significant. There will be... Now, now the barrier to expanding and being able to look at businesses that will be able to meet this needs for space has to do with um, leadership in municipal, provincial, and federal governments. And we know one thing we've learned that is true during this time of um, self-isolation and this pandemic is that it's very rare to find strong leaders among our elected officials. It's just, it's just very quick to shut things down, but now as it takes courage and uh, creativity and understanding and, and be able to analyze the science, they're, they're, they're faltering, and, and they're influenced by so many other factors, primarily political, that have nothing to do with what we need to do to get on with life. So the space issue, the ideal space would be a one-acre lot, for example, where a person could build a house up to two, maybe even three acres, and on one acre be self-sustaining as far as having gardens, having chickens, perhaps even honeybees, a honeybee hive. You'll see. Uh, hopefully, you'll see more of those being uh, into urban settings or suburban settings, I should say. But the barrier to that would be bylaws, which in most communities, such as mine, uh, do not allow the one-acre lot to be divided and allowed to be built upon. So that is a significant barrier to this. The communities that allow it, and we're working with a few communities now out of province who allow this, and um, we are looking at opportunities to do this, and I think this is going to be an incredible opportunity in the future. I just call it chicken and gardens. Chicken and gardens real estate investing is going to be huge in the next 10 to 20 years. When you look at self-sufficiency, I mentioned the seed companies. Anything having to do with helping people become self-sufficient, and that could be online gardening, online training. Uh, there will be services where I believe lawn care services should actually come in and perhaps put that garden in for you. You go online, you select what you want planted in your garden, the dimensions of your garden, and then they come in and take care of that for you. So there's going to be an incredible opportunity for service industries to take advantage of self-sufficiency. With regard to the 30 grand a year lifestyle, you know, I've talked before about Mr. Money Mustache, which has a bit of a different approach, but this has to do with survival as opposed to I want to. This is sort of like I can. So I can live on 30,000 a year or less. And how do I do that? And what will that look like? And what uh, side hustle jobs do I need to do that? And then the fourth priority is what impact will that have? Well, we're going to see probably uh, a reduction, significant reduction in travel and tourism because people are going to say, well, that's not a priority for me. You know, I can go online. I can look at my community. I can build an oasis in my home. And so I think our priorities for that type of, of endeavor are going to change. So in summary, I believe that the issue with this that we know about, and most of, 99% of what's going to happen, obviously, with COVID, we don't know, and we have to accept the fact we don't know, are the four changes I've talked about appear to be trending. And for space, again, for real estate, I'm going to want to be staying away from high intensity and moving into more open, what I call a chicken and garden properties where it would be possible you could visualize having chickens in a garden on a property you may be looking to purchase. Now, there still will be a demand in, in different areas for multi-res and multi-residential, depending on where, but the question will be, uh, what will that look like? A final, perhaps, 
more concerning issue with COVID is what it's done to separate groups of people who can work at home, continue to earn an income, and the other group that cannot because they don't have the skills and education to work from home or the job that they're in, the career that they're in, doesn't allow for that. There's going to be an incredible barrier between the two groups. And so one of the perhaps deciding factors when choosing a profession is, can I telecommute with this profession? How flexible is the job? Is it is it based on it? Because the kind of thing we're seeing right now in the back of people's minds could happen again. And likely will. So how are we going to take care of that with regard to career? So in summary, that's my four. Those are my four, what I believe to be behavioral change that impact investing, um, getting involved with, with them right now. And I'll give you some more updates on that as we move forward. Um, you have an amazing investing week, and I look forward to speaking with you again next time. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 